0: Back to cover stories uh, today. We have uh, special guest, Bo Rodriguez. How's it going?
1: Great. How are you doing? All right. Thanks for coming on. I've been wanting to come on. Thanks for not. Sorry we had to get it rescheduled. Oh but yeah. Well, yeah. We did.
0: No, it was worth it. Uh, today, Bo will be covering uh, "On Track" by Tame Impala. So I always like to ask this uh, whenever we start off: Why this song?
1: I think I I relate to this song because um, the stuff inside the song kind of reminds me of things that I, that happened with me. <laughs> Like on the first lyric, uh, like I close my front door, I turn on the light, and I'm, sometimes when I get in from, from wherever I am, work, or whatever I'm doing, I get home, and I live, you know, I live alone, so sometimes I look around, I'm like, Noth- nothing's really going on, I'm just kind of, just let my breath out and look around, and that's just me, it's just me again, and alone, and I think that's why I really liked him and Paula, too, because he he, um, he talks about being a loner a lot, yeah. <laughs> and I can really relate.
0: Yeah, I think uh, I, I I think he's interesting. He's just an interesting person, Kevin Parker, uh, who is Tame Impala. For those who don't know, I learned that from this. <laughs> Tame Impala isn't necessarily a band. It's a Kevin Parker project, and he tours with the band Pond. And in live, they are Tame Impala. Um, but but yeah, I think he's really interesting. And he's really good. I mean, that first line—it's so simple, but it paints a scene. And you're right, it, it it's one sentence, and it's not even super descriptive, but it it already creates the environment of what the song is going to be.
1: Yep. Yeah, for sure. I can really, um, a lot of his songs have to do with, like I said, uh, being an outcast kind of, and but i just going, just trying to make the best out
0: of it. I was reading and I don't know how much of this, cause this doesn't come from him specifically, but this song on track Uh, is about having these expectations, especially he was using, I think metaphorically, and since he has his expectations for the songs he writes and he wants them to be a certain way and he can be kind of uh, a perfectionist. And when it doesn't get to the point where he wants, this song is kind of serves as a reminder, like, you know, strictly speaking, I'm still on track of where I'm supposed to be. And it's okay to not live up to the bar that you set for yourself um is that the interpretation you get or is there a different interpretation yeah yeah no i know i didn't read that part
1: um but it does uh i think he's such a perfectionist at his songs and you can tell like every single note or there's a some little bass light in there that i really love i'm like that dude probably put like an hour just into that one note so i mean i'm i'm not when i go in the studio as far as music um, I'm pretty quick actually you know, I'm, I, I'm trying to like um, if I feel like I got it the first time and it feels good then I'll roll with that because I also like the 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 roughness of the going in there and just hitting a note on accident and it coming out I'm like damn, no, I know actually sounded pretty good let's just keep it like that um, but for me this song is most yeah and I like how he also says you know troubles and challenges fall on my lap but you know getting up after you have a you know something bad could, catastrophic can happen to you and I've had those experiences in my life where um, I still tr- try to stay on track and, you know, yeah. something you can, you can fuck up and do some bad stuff, you know I mean? And stuff happens and you just got to get up and, and stay on track. So that's what the song means to me. And that's why, uh, you know, overcoming things in my life that, that I have, uh, was, was hard and it took a lot of, a lot of work and a lot of, um, talking to people to get through it. And now I feel good about it. So that's why I really like the song.
0: Yeah, and it's, I mean, it's a great song. It's it's not a single, not yet at least, uh, off of the Slow Rush's last album that came out uh, last February 2020. And um, I was reading that he released uh, the single Borderline and the camera remember the other single back in November 2019. And he had like this whole listening party and he had it set up and it was set to be released. And then he heard it in that environment and decided no i need to tinker with it some more so he tinkered with the album some more and it was just i've never heard of an artist doing that or at least not so openly doing that to where they they, they hear it and it's ready to be released and like no i need to go back and, and yeah. do it again so i think it's a like kind of a, a representative of, of who he is as an artist and and as, as a songwriter
1: yeah i like the borderline and i think it was patience i want to say
0: yeah that's yeah
1: funny. i heard borderline the first time and it was longer it was a lot longer i think and then um I think he added some bass in there too, a lot of bass that I was, I was, I was reading about. I was watching an interview with him. And I didn't, when he put out Slow Rush and I heard Borderline the new version, I was like, I could already tell it was different in the first note. Oh, like, yeah. It's like, a ding or something. I was like, what? I was like, why? The first one was so good. And now <laughs> at one point I kept the original, and I deleted the new one and I I kept the original on there. It's like, fuck that. I like the old one. But now now I do. I love the new one. The bass that he added in there, it's really, really good. And it just took me a while. And to hear something like that that doesn't exist, Like if he's listening to it and he's like, I want more bass in there and to add it and do that, it's remarkable. So I thought it was cool, but yeah, that's, that's hard. And, but it must be nice too, to like have a luxury to go. I mean, have the luxury and he's worked hard. I'm sure to go back in the studio and change anything you want. You know, um, that can be harder for, for like independent artists or someone who's, you know, paying for studio time or something, because once you have a final product and you're going to put it out, you're probably going to be stuck with it. Yeah. So unless you, like uh, um, like produce and write your own stuff in the studio. But for me, I kind of pay for my own studio time. So I kind of make sure I have to have it good before I release it. But, um, yeah, that is pretty awesome to, uh, to hear those things that don't exist and to put them in there. I think Kanye is releasing a new album, and he's currently um, was living, in the, uh, living in the Superdome and still making changes to his album. So
0: I like that as a as a motivator. Like I don't yeah. know if it's comfortable in there, or if it's just like I need to get I need to be in here until I'm done with this. You know? I guess because
1: he had the listening party in there. Yeah. And now he's just staying in there.
0: Yeah, Um, but it's interesting because, uh, I mean, Kevin Parker is Tame Impala, like we said, and the fact that he is, um, I mean, I wouldn't call him like a control freak, but he gets to control every aspect of it, and it's cool that he's the one making these decisions, and he seems like a pretty laid back guy in the interviews I've seen, he doesn't seem like he's too controlling, which is why I feel like it's just perfect at this is his project and, and that he can do whatever he wants with it. doesn't have to worry about other input. And I think that, I mean, it, it's proven to, over and over again to be great.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm um, with tame, with tame. I didn't get into uh tame and Paul until after currents was released. So uh, people would ask me if I, if I, Hey, like tame and Paul, I'm like, yeah, I've heard of them. You know, when someone asks you about a band, uh, yeah. you're like, yeah, I've heard of them, but you kind of push it aside. You really give them the time of day. For some reason I didn't. And then, I listened to I I little by little I listened to more and more and more and then it started relating more and more to me personally. I was like, yeah, this guy's a legend. So yeah. then uh, and then yeah, it sucks though because I really I really would have liked to have been part of it when when Lonerism came out and all that. But now I mean I'm a little late to the party, but better late than never. And I'm a big fan and I uh, can't wait to see him play live for sure.
0: They're definitely one of those bands um, that I, I feel like they are the cusp of like indie culture and they they are mainstream. But they are the type of band that I appreciated from what I had heard, um, but they were the type of band that I would hear people who thought they were like really cool and unique because they listen to certain bands and they'd be like, oh, yeah, I like this band. You probably never heard of Tame Impala. I'm like, who the fuck hasn't heard of Tame yeah. Impala? <laughs> you know? like They're just one of those bands that, that they definitely have that crossover effect, but... Just because your mom doesn't know, it doesn't mean that no one else does. Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah, yeah. I think very unique sound, and it's very uh, with the new album, it's very synth-driven that I really like, man. And um, to to know that he mixes, masters, and plays everything on the album and does it all himself is is unheard of, man. And so people like that you have to appreciate because they don't come around that often. Yeah. You know, to be uh, to play guitar, bass, drums, keys, vocals, mixing, and mastering. Uh, it's unbelievable. So I think uh, I have to, I have to enjoy while it's here. The music will live on forever, but watching this growth and, you know, if you, if you listen to, like I said, Lonerism and then you listen to current our currents, you know, the freaking so much change in there because Lonerism for me was so guitar driven, um, you know, more rugged. And then, um, like I said, slow Russian currents is more synthy and poppy, which is great. It's a good change. And to, to dive into those to those uh, two different types of sounds is awesome. That's a good thing about I love about music because you're free to do whatever you want, and you, know, you can try. You know, some artists, some of my favorite artists. I mean, Lil Wayne, for instance, he put out an album, then he put out Rebirth, I think. And, yeah. then, <laughs> and then it's like you look back on it, and it's like I don't know if that worked though. <laughs> but um, so you can do you can do you can do whatever you want if you like something then try it. And, you know, I, I'm a big hip hop fan. I'm I like country music and I like all types of music. So I wouldn't be surprised if a couple years from now I wanted to write a country album.
0: You know? Yeah. No, I think it's so funny you mentioned that because in the previous episode, we talked about Garth Brooks and Chris Gaines, mm-hmm. and I compared it to Rebirth with Lil Wayne oh, you because, did? yeah, it, it's, uh, you know, there's. There's a certain point where artists they reach, they've done everything they want, they've already accomplished what they set their goals for. So part of it is, I mean, yeah, there's probably like an ego thing to it, but there's also part of just being bored or just being wanting to explore new territory. And I think that you know he got a lot of shit for rebirth, but
1: uh, <laughs> I'm a big Lil Wayne fan. I love Lil Wayne.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. It, but what's your top? Oh, album? my top
1: album. Um, everyone always everyone says Carter Three, and yeah. I love Carter Three, but um. I really like Cardiff 4 Oh yeah? Yeah Cause it was uh, I was acting wild those days And I would always <laughs> listen to Cardiff 4 I'd piss my brother off
0: <laughs> I always It's funny cause uh, I, That was That was the Lil Wayne was the turning point When I realized that like Rap was Like Hipsters liked rap too I had friends who got me into, like, cause I listened to like rap here and there. I was more into like backpack rap, you know, mm-hmm. like the roots and stuff like that. And then Lil Wayne hit huge, and then I'd realize like I'd go to like festivals or like South by Southwest, and there's all these like Pitchfork guys who just love Lil Wayne, who love Wu Tang and all this yeah. other stuff. And it was kind of a turning point for me to realize like, oh, like this is way more crossover than I thought it was previously. Yep. Yeah,
1: yeah, for sure. I actually grew up listening to hip hop. I didn't really get into rock and roll music and or rock music, for instance, until I was like middle school. Oh yeah, sixth or seventh grade. Up until then, I was all I was just all about hip hop. What
0: were some of the first uh, hip hop albums you listened to or, or <laughs> artists?
1: Uh, Cash Money, man. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah Cash Money, like Lil Wayne, Juvenile, and then uh, although that whole that whole part, you know, and that I still like I said, it still influences me to write music today. I mean, it's just, it's awesome. And then I got into System of a Down is my, my favorite band. It's still my favorite oh, band. Oh, awesome. I think they'll always be my favorite band because they're the, they're the reason why I picked up guitar in the first place. So they'll always have a special place to me. And then, uh, yeah, then it seems like every four to five years I'll be in a different type of music. You know, if you listen to all the stuff I was in, it's more heavy. I'm riffing a lot. And then um, now our my last album was kind of more singer-songwriter type. And then the next one I'm coming out with is going to be um a lot of, a lot heavier for sure cool
0: yeah that's awesome man i think that i think Sugar was the first song I ever played on guitar with a band, and yeah. we just knew the chorus, so we just played it da 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 over and over and over again. But yeah, man, I think it's it's cool. Do you grew up in Texas? Yeah. So I yeah. feel like Juvenile. I mean, it's it's Houston and and in Louisiana that that whole like cash money in general. It just it bleeds over into East Texas and into Texas, and I think a lot about like listening to and the first like rap group that I got into like current rap group was was ugk i would mm-hmm. pretend to like in, in elementary school like i was like oh yeah i'm really in the mace but i couldn't name any other <laughs> yeah. songs and like the hit songs you know but that was the first that felt like this was something that like felt more like close to what i was into yep for sure But it's cool man I, and it's it's interesting too with, with kevin parker because we were talking about this a little bit before we started recording that he is trying to transition into pop like he listens to like the producer Max Martin and he listens to the things that he does and he wants to produce albums for like Taylor Swift or like the Britney Spears of the, of the yeah. world and I think it's 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 definitely interesting to see his path but also it it's never doesn't feel like it's him either it still feels genuine it's not like he's trying to do something he's not it still feels like there's just a a, a flow of his, his discography from like the more psychedelic rock oriented stuff to now and in you hear the loops. I mean, you hear the loops in the music now and it, it is kind of almost hip hop oriented in yeah. a way.
1: Yeah. And I think, I think he did a song with Lady Gaga that I really like of her album. Um, I forgot what it's called. The song, but I did the music video and he's actually in the music video with her. Oh, cool. Yeah. And I love Lady Gaga. Dude. It's yeah. one of my favorite artists. And, um, to know that the, the I think that was like one of the only songs or I like two or three songs off, off that album. I love her latest album, but I think Chromatica's is her latest. I really like, but that one that Kevin Parker did, I, I really liked that song and it turned out, I didn't know he did it. Oh, and yeah. I looked it up. I was like, that's probably why I really like it. You could always tell the drums. I think that he does are the best. So I can always tell, you know,
0: there's a 20 minute interview with him where he's just talking about his favorite drum sounds. I mean, he started out as a drummer. Yeah. So like it, it's, it, it's funny. Cause knowing that now and listening to stuff you can totally tell but it's also he's just so fluid with everything yep. that i would have never guessed without knowing that you know that he was a drummer at first
1: yeah yeah for sure because he's the bass guitar he does is like my
0: second thing it's my second favorite thing of his definitely um was the lesser i know the better that bass line is just i think that's what kind of turned me into like a fan it went from me like appreciating Tampa to like someone made a mashup with that and um, justin timberlake yeah, yeah yeah sexy back and they made this really, like, great clip of, like, just these different, like, cartoons and meme videos, and I had that on loop for, like, a week. I would just, like, play it over. It was, like, a minute-long loop, and so I would just constantly play it, and I never got sick of it. And that's when I realized, like, oh, like, okay, I need to pay more attention to Tame Impala. Yeah, yeah, the bass guitar and, that's, and that song is amazing. I also love that, I mean, I think... um. I don't remember where I first heard it but I think when people were talking about uh, Lonerism because it feels like uh, what's the name of that song Um, it feels like we only go backwards that's on Lonerism right Mm -hmm. so it's fucking soulful and like this is so like the the tone in his guitar and like his voice is just it's just such a good like it gives me goosebumps and I remember getting into that song but never really looking past it when I think it was around the time Lonerism came out or maybe right before Currents came out and uh and yeah man I, I just it's so fun to see where he's progressed and, yeah. and and how much he's changed
1: yeah that's a great song that starts off with the drums in that song and reminds me of like a led zeppelin song like, and it's like i don't know i really like it
0: yeah it's like at that drag you know yeah. it's definitely like he he pulls the 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 um the beat a little bit towards it's not offbeat but it also feels like it's it's behind, but it's not, but in a good way, it's just, it's, everything he does. is so, it's so, um, on purpose. It's so purposeful and everything that he does is just, it just, it just works, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. He, uh, I was re- reading and looking into interviews and he was talking about, he grew up kind of into like the grunge movement. His, I think he had an older brother. It got him into grunge. He was really into Nirvana, really into silver chair. And, um, and I think that, uh, growing up in the 90s especially that that was hard to avoid and and seeing how much that music from that era has like kind of transcended into now genre is kind of irrelevant now but you still hear a lot of like just dd influence from that time um what are what are some of your earlier influences
1: man um when i think of my influences for sure um i like the biscuit a lot oh yeah really like that west Borland's a great guitar player yeah. i love him um system like i said i really when i was growing up i listened a lot of circus survive uh, oh, yeah. one of my favorite bands um but that was after as far as i love slayer um <laughs> i like to like it's such a, everything man um but as far as guitar playing uh i really i listened to a lot of system i listened to a lot of uh, arcade fire um limp biscuit i love the rolling stones zeppelin uh, i like uh, velvet underground Oh, cool! With, uh, yeah, with uh, Lou Reed. Lou Reed, yeah, yeah. They have some of my favorite songs. That a lot of their music was really. I, our Pink Floyd, John You Crazy Diamond, uh, the whole Wish You Were Here album, all those albums, I studied like all day. I would just play them all day, and I would mimic how they would, how David Gilmour would um, play his Fender, and all little single one single note, or Mark Knopfler from Dire Straits, how he uh, would just play with his fingers, and that how how that uh, would just give you a certain sound. And I took all those into account. I would just study and play with them. And when I was playing guitar, I would turn my stereo up full blast, the System of a Down albums, uh-huh. and I would just play like, till my speaker's blown out. And I remember someone walking in my room like, dude, you're gonna like pull your speakers, man. <laughs> I was like, I, was, I couldn't even hear what I was playing, but that energy that I had in the back of my ears and just pretending, closing my eyes and just pretending that I was playing on stage when I was that young. That's when I knew that I was gonna play music forever, and um, those influences like just changed my life. And currently, um, I'm listening to a lot of different things, man. I, like I said, uh, the pop I love, I love uh, the new. I love Taylor Swift, yeah, I love her new albums. Yeah, yeah. I they're, mean, they're it,
0: really good. I think that she, because of the, the, there's the pop veneer over everything. Is that those are some pretty interesting like constructions of songs. Yeah, and I think that a, a lot of people. I feel like most musicians I know love Taylor Swift or they at least appreciate her and her songs. And I, I feel like they can recognize her songwriting prowess and, and things like that. Um, I want to bring up, cause you brought up Limp Bizkit and um, Wes Borland is, is one of those guitarists that like, it's like he like just walked on stage when Limp Bizkit was playing and there's like, Oh, I guess I might as well like join in, you know, and, cause they're so different. And it's not to say that the rest of them aren't talented. I think John Otto is a really good drummer and, and Sam Rivers is a, is a pretty good bassist, but West Borland like has these like jazz chords and these. I remember the first time I tried to play a Biscuit song. I looked up the tabs and it was just weird. I don't even. It might not have been weird. It might have just been C, but it was a tuning I'd never seen before at that point in time and being eleven or twelve. And I was like, "Fuck this! I'm just gonna, <laughs> I'm just gonna learn some Blink One Eighty Two songs."
1: Yeah, yeah Blink One Eighty Two, I liked a lot too. Oh yeah, yeah. My yeah. brother was a big fan of them, and he he learned he knew how to play like Dump Weed and Oh yeah, um, Stay Together for the Kids. But uh, yeah, Blink 182. I would. I never really tried to learn that song because I just I wasn't interested in learning. But I would have the stereo on with Chocolate Starfish Hot Dog flavored water, or the Significant Other, oh, yeah. and I would just have those albums looping around, and I would just memorize every single thing Fred Durst said. But and then uh, I would just I love that band, dude. There's something about them. Like Take a Look Around it was a great song, of course. Break stuff and um, some of other songs like. I remember, there, I think it's on Chocolate Starfish, Hot Dog Flavored Water, where he just talks about how much he's going to say fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I think he says it like a hundred times, like he wants to say it a hundred times. <laughs> so it's like, I, I don't know how I got, how I, how I ended up getting the parental, the advisory explicit one, oh, yeah. <laughs> but I somehow got my hands on it
0: and it's, I would sneak it. <laughs> it's funny because I was definitely like, New Metal in general was definitely like a part of my growing up. And I remember I had corn CDs, I had System of a down seeds, I never got a Limp Bizkit CD. I don't know why, because I was really into them for a while. And it, it's just funny now to like, because I definitely went through a phase in life where I was just like, I I am not going to tell anybody I like this now, you know, or liked it at one point. And it, it's one of those things that I, I feel like as I've gotten older, like, I can appreciate, I, I don't think it's good, but I also like can't not listen to it you know it's it's yeah. really like it's it's not, i don't really want to call it a guilty pleasure it's just more of like a i can appreciate for what it was and what it is in a time and because i'm not adapting to like any kind of toxicity from it i think it's okay to like just embrace that it was just a fun dumb song a fun dumb cd you know and it was yeah. great
1: yeah and like the, but the, yeah it, it was but the musicianship
0: on the, yeah. the guitar playing on those songs are amazing that's why he quit for a while and he i think i was reading or watching an interview with him and he was just like He's like I, I reached the point where like I didn't know what the fuck I was doing up here you know this isn't my type of music and then then he went and started his own band and he came back and I think it's one of those things where it's it's like he just embraced it and he, you know this is what I do and I have a good time doing it so why not
1: yeah yeah they they but they were a very successful band right yeah I mean they freaking sold out shows had a major success and like break stuff like you know that's that freaking song was just down yeah. that's it. <laughs> yeah
2: it's just one of those days
1: (laughs) that's yeah that song is awesome it pumps you up
0: dude like if you go for a run or something i'll still listen to it if it comes on yeah i feel like like i could run forever definitely no that's exactly how i feel like if it's on i'm not gonna change it you know um i think that um i just just now in general i I feel like because i mean that's 20 years ago that's that's the peak of of Limp biscuit and and new metal kind of gets thrown under the bus a lot but I also feel like there are so many not just rock bands, but there's rappers who just like love new metal. There's this whole article after the Woodstock night. Have you seen the Woodstock '99 documentary? Oh, uh, no. It's on HBO Max. It's it's pretty good. But they were talking. People have, of course, are going to write their think pieces. And someone brought up how like you know there's obviously a, a lot of uh, you know. A lot of Kyles, for lack of a better word, a lot of Mountain Dew drinking, punching wall people that were in, in influenced by that music. But there's a lot of rappers now who like just love new metal. There's rap like Tra- Marilyn Manson opened for Travis Scott. Oh, really? Yeah, I think in the um, Astroworld tour, I think. Um, and then there are bands who who reference like Limp Bizkit or Corn, especially. I mean, those Corn bass lines are yeah. are pretty pretty hip hop influence. So it's just so cool to see this kind of come full circle and and. I, I always like to say that like scene emo was like our generation's hair metal but I think new metal also was too and and it's it's cool to see that that people are are who were influenced by it are now using it and making music that's a little bit more universal.
1: Yeah. Yeah, new metal was I I I also remember hearing something about Like when a Down went on tour or something, or, you know, a lot of the older bands, they're like, this isn't, you know, this isn't rock music. What is this shit? You know, yeah. Because it was just so quirky and and the way Darren plays the guitar and some of his, like Sugar, for example, like, what the hell is this? You know, no one, no one expected any of this coming. And uh, it turned out to be, yeah, one of my favorite bands. You know, I just love, uh, I loved New Metal. I don't know if Deftones falls into that
0: category, but I I really, I like, I like Deftones a lot. Yeah. And I feel like that's, Deftones, they're not, from san antonio but i feel like they're a san antonio band because coming yeah if you walk down the street in any neighborhood someone's working on their car nine times out of ten they're gonna be listening to like Shove white it. pony yeah yeah or uh, yeah or uh, was it my own summer yeah anything like white pony or before especially um and, and yeah man i just think that i mean you hear it every hour on kiss on, on the radio so um it's one of those they're one of those bands that i feel like just transcends new metal genre so the people who are like very anti new metal are like well no they're not new metal but then they kind of are you yeah. know they they had the same influences and everything yeah their latest album ohms i really like that's like a great album it's a bit more digital right i guess they've always been kind of digital yeah they've been
1: yeah it's just so heavy i really i think we needed that i needed that um gore i didn't really i liked it it was okay
0: but ohms is what probably my one of my top albums of, of the of last year for sure awesome yeah, I remember when it came out and it, it's just one of those, they're just one of those bands that I I forget they've been out for so, living around for so long. I mean, I think a lot of it too is just seeing the bands that I grew up listening to and seeing like, oh, wow, that was 20, 25 years ago. Yeah, they're but still, they're still, I mean, they're still relevant. They're still, they're still fresh. I think that's yeah. the thing about them is why they've survived is they've just been so fresh.
1: Yeah. Yeah, but, yeah, and then, my, like, System hasn't put out an album, like, in f- 10 years, so they, I think Deftones have put out, like, four albums since they put out one al- They, you know what I mean?
0: I, I like that they're, like, they're kind of embracing new sounds, and yeah. they are, I mean, it is, uh, I don't know, I just think that what, what they do, it, it's so weird, because, like like you said, like, they are kind of in a league of their own in their sense, but they still fall under that that title of, of yep. new metal. For sure. Um so, uh, you talked about about, before we recorded, about Muse. You really like Muse. Yeah. What was the album that got you into Muse? Um, I think it was Absolution. That, my, that was exactly how I was. I think I heard Time Is Running Out. Yeah. I think I saw the music video, and uh, I just fell in love with the guitar. I mean, Matt Bellamy's just... I think he's underrated, I've, in the U.S. at least.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's probably... I see. I have Darren as my number one favorite guitar player, because he's always going to be... Cause he, Reason I started playing, but Matt is probably number two or number three. Um, maybe even number one on some days, dude. The way he plays is insane. He has a lot of influence from Tom Morello. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, but yeah, dude, Absolution changed Stockholm Syndrome, and um, Hysteria. Hysteria. Yeah.
0: That whole album is great. Yeah. I think that, especially as a concept, I think that was like the first concept album I loved. And I think that um, it's interesting because because that was my introduction to them. I went backwards. I love Origin of Symmetry. Showbiz is okay. I like some songs in it, but as a whole, I'm not too into it. And I remember reading an older interview or older reviews of their stuff, and they were always kind of put out as like this Radiohead yeah. ripoff.
1: I love Radiohead, dude. Me too. I don't know. I know they would. I I think uh, I, t- I heard a thing about Tom York like doesn't really like Muse, but who knows? Might just be propaganda. <laughs> but I know that they were backstage one day. They were playing in the same show, and they were kind of beefing back there. So oh really? I, saw them, I think that the guy Chris from Muse is talking about it, saying that they were kind of talking shit to them. Oh really? Because yeah, they were, <laughs> But really, I don't think I don't see the similar. I I maybe uh, on on the vocals, I guess maybe, but. I don't see too many similarities. Muse can kick it up full metal. Yeah, you know, Radio has never really, maybe a little bit, a little heavy, but I don't think so. I mean, I they're two different bands to me. I think it's
0: because they were, and they're obviously like I think Showbiz came out in '99, I think, so that's what seven years after uh, Pablo Honey, and I think that from a U.S. perspective at least, they're like, oh, this band from England that plays like this like sensitive. Uh, you know electric rock and like oh that must be like Radiohead because that band Travis came out and Coldplay came out around the same time and they also got the Radiohead diet treatment and I I will I will kind of vouch for for Parachutes because I think that Coldplay I think that's their best album and I felt like if they had a little bit more distortion, it would have it would have broken a little bit more in the rock yeah. side. Now they're a huge pop band, which, which is fine. But um, I, I just remember those comparisons when they came out and then when Muse kind of got lumped into it. And then Muse kind of just took off on their own and, and they embraced it. And, and um, Black Holes and Revelations, uh, I was reading before, because I was just looking so forward. I got into Absolution right around the time it came out and I was waiting for a new album. And uh, in 06 is when I think Black Hose and Revelation came out. Before it came out, I remember reading an interview where Bellamy was going to these like Amsterdam like raves or these like this is before EDM was like what it is now. And he would like got so influenced by like synths and, and all these like electronic music sounds. And that's why uh, Black Hose and Revelation sounds the way it does. Oh, is really? because he was getting more into that and leading a little bit, not leaning away towards rock, but being able to like infiltrate the two.
1: Yeah, whenever I hear electronic music, I've I've always wanted to incorporate it, in, especially hearing uh, Muse that, of all the synths they used, the synths that Pink Floyd used back in the day. They were feel like they were ahead of it though. Oh yeah. But um, for sure, when I hear like I didn't really like "Take a Bow" the first album on that first song on that album on on Black Holes until I saw it live. Oh yeah. It's like you're burning hell, you're... <laughs> and then it's just all the lights and stuff. That I really like that song now, but I yeah that album with Starlight and uh, Assassin. I think Assassin is on there. Um, they have so many greats. That that album is great. My favorite Muse album. Pff, I would probably I like Drones a lot. Oh yeah. Yeah. That was a, that was the one after Black Holes, right? I think so. I want to say yes.
0: Yeah, with Dead Inside and all those songs. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah, because I I kind of I definitely started listening to m- different types of music when black holes came out. And I remember I o- I still owned that CD, but I kind of lost track of them at, at that point. Um, and it wasn't like I disliked them or anything. It just was was different. That's when I started to get into like the arcade fire kind of hmm. like indie rock for like a better phrasing. Yeah, The Suburbs is one of my favorite albums oh, too. Oh man. I that, love was that, a- album. that was that was the album that like cuz up until that point like I appreciated like Funeral and and, and Neon Bible but it wasn't until Suburbs came out where I was like, oh no, like this might be like one of my favorite bands. Yeah. When I heard the the song, The Suburbs, on the, the first song, when, when I heard that album, I still remember myself to
1: this day putting it, buying, going on Target, buying the CD, putting it in my Honda that I had. And I just remember hearing The Suburbs, the first song. And I was like, you can already tell this is going to be an amazing album. Oh, yeah. Just by the first song. You know, on those albums that, well, it's not, I don't know. I don't know if it's, it's tough to say nowadays when you put on an album. It's not the same because you can't rip open the plastic and yeah. look at the book and put it in your car. It's kind of like it's available in a couple seconds. But uh, when I when you hear a first song on an album that you know it's going to be a great album, there's just a feeling
0: about it. I don't know what it is. It's like a movie. It's like watching a movie. And and I think I, I'm not going to be one of those people who says like, oh, like, you know, technology has ruined the music industry or anything. No, I think it's made it better. But there is something about... Saving up your money, going and spending $20 on a CD, uh, for better or worse, and then you're stuck with that CD until you get more money. So you almost, not so much force yourself to like it, but you try to listen to it enough to where you like it. And I think there is definitely, uh, it's creating those kind of habits, and there's definitely something special about when it finally clicks. Sometimes it's the first time, sometimes it's the third or fourth time, sometimes it's years later, you know? But I love that experience. That's one of the, the things that kind of kept me about music. I still, I, I collect more vinyl now than CDs, oh, nice. but I still, I have like 400 CDs still in my case that I don't ever use because I have Spotify now. Yeah, I,
1: mean, I think I still have my case, but I remember my mom, I begged my mom to buy me steal this album from Sister Oh, yeah. <laughs> the f- time finally came, so it was late that night. I remember, I remember these things. These music's very important to me, so I'll never forget. So my, my dad, I was like, hey, like, can you take me to Sam Goody because I'm ready to buy my CD, you know? And he's like, what, do you have the money? I was like, I went to my mom. I was like, <laughs> 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 she, she bought gave me the money, man. So my mom always was there for my music. And, you know, it wasn't the, they didn't say them. They said some crazy shit, you know? <laughs> yeah. So my dad I was like, all right, well, he, he took me to go get it. And it was just a, there was no book. Remember, still this album? It was just a white CD yeah. that says, <laughs> still this album. So we put it in on the way home. And he's like, man, these guys are pretty good, you know? And I think the first song was like chicken stew about ter- pepperoni and, <laughs> I forgot what they say, like, you know them. But we were just listening to it on the way home, and I was, I was like, man, do I love that album? And then, yeah, I had to wait till I got the next CD. And my, I remember my grandma buying me the Gorilla CD. Oh, cool. Um, with the, And with, the, I forgot, what's it called? that. The, the, Plain Eastwood? The, yeah, 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 yeah. I remember listening to that song, riding around in like my Razor Scooter, and just all these <laughs> memories I have of freaking music that is brought to me. And um, I continue to have those moments with music that this the listening to it whatever i'm always have music on there's probably rarely find me without it on whatever i'm doing so
0: yeah definitely and i think that's that's something that i i just enjoy talking to people about and that's part of the reason we started this podcast is just to hear i mean i can appreciate a song that i don't like because it means something to someone and now that when they tell me the story it reminds me of them um i uh i I think a lot about those times, and like I, I think about my parents having to take me to like CD exchange, and and I would go. and Did you ever do like one of those those CD clubs, to like BMG CD club? I don't think so. so I I when I first got money, this is like before I was sixteen and I had a job. When I first was able to like get money, I joined one of those clubs, and I like most of my CDs collection from the time I was like twelve to twenty was from this BMG club, and I remember. Like there'd be times where like my parents would be interested in what I was listening to. And sometimes I'd be like, I don't think we should listen to this (laughs) in the car right now. And there's other times where like, Oh, I think you'd like this. It's definitely like helped me. in like, when I like recommend music to other people, now I can kind of filter what people might like. And then sometimes people surprise me too. Yeah. It's a cool experience. Um, I just, uh, I just love that, that like you said, like unwrapping the CD and then, you know, I would always do it in the car when I finally got a job and go to Best Buy or whatever. And, I wouldn't wait. I would put my CD player in the car and, you know, get it all set up, open it up, and, and we're good to go. And, and yeah. Were there any albums? So, um, you talked about, like, just with Suburbs, like, the first track, you you already know you're in for a good time. Were there some albums that you bought at a certain time and then, like, wasn't until later that you appreciated them or it took a few listens?
1: Yeah, The Weeknd's After Hours. Oh, really? Yeah, I, I when I first heard it, I didn't really like I I, I listened to, like, half of it. And I've never really went back to it. And then I went back to it. I'm sorry. I like, I put it away for a little bit. I was like, yeah, it's okay. And then a couple of weeks later I put it on again and now it's one of I love it. That's so, awesome. I don't know. I don't know what changes. Nothing changes in the album. It's just the way, uh, if you, maybe the first half I didn't like as much as, and then I, when I finally finished it, it all made sense. Oh, yeah. uh, maybe the way I was feeling at whatever at the time, but
0: that's one example of a, of one album that took me a while to, to like. I think uh, I always like to compare like music listening to like an RPG and there, you need to cer- get certain XP points to listen to certain albums. Cause otherwise like if I tried to listen to Steely Dan when I was 12, I would have been like, fuck this shit, <laughs> you yeah. know? And like now I like, I can appreciate like stuff like that. And, and I think a lot about albums and I think that Tame Impala is kind of like on that too, because I, I was telling you before, you know, earlier before recorded that I I appreciated them and the hits and stuff, but this, podcast maybe listen to slow rush completely and it's just one of those albums that like I just I want to get on vinyl so I have an excuse to listen to it start to finish and like I can like clean up or just like sit back and like drink something while I'm listening to it it's got it's a vibe you know
1: yeah 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 for sure that whole album slow rush is I'm trying to think. I no, I think I like that album from the start. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, the only thing is if I don't if I ever get the opportunity to release a, like a commercially commercial album like Success, um, I don't know if I would put out that many singles before the album. Um, because I've noticed a lot of artists they put out maybe three or four before they release this, the albums. And By the time the album comes, you're only getting like seven new songs. Yeah. So I I don't know if I would probably maybe put out one, um, but I would like to save it all for a release day. Um, cause that's one thing that I think that, and when I drop too, I mean, I like to drop whenever, like on the middle of the week, like on the afternoon, just cause I'm, I'm, I get up really early. I'm, a, I go to, I get up really early. I go to sleep really early. I don't want to drop my album on a midnight on a Friday night. I'm oh, going to yeah. sleep. I'd rather just drop it <laughs> like at 10 AM, like on a Monday or something. So, uh, it's just the way I, uh, maybe it's just a little different, but that's what,
0: what, that's what I like to do. You know what I mean? i think it all depends on like you know the type of album you're putting out you know and and i think that there are albums that are better in in, in small dosages you know small doses um i think that there are some albums that like you just it feels weird to listen to it separated I, like there are certain albums i will like completely remove from my shuffle because it just doesn't make sense yeah and we were talking about earlier like like mars volta you know has all these little interludes of just sounds and stuff like that and and it just, it feels weird when it's on shuffle. It doesn't feel like, it almost feels like you're cheating, you know? Yeah. Uh, it's like watching the best part of a movie and then stop watching it after that. Like, it d- doesn't make sense.
1: Yeah, you have to listen to it, the whole thing. For sure. Yeah, they're, they're one of those bands that you have to do that too. But like I said, a lot of their stuff, like they'll just go on for, I think, seven minutes with just one
0: keyboard note. And then I'm like, dude, just, I'll fast forward it, just get to the song. Yeah. <laughs> There's a So I went to go see Yola Tango I went to Fun 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 Fest and Yola Tango was playing And I I like They're another one of those bands Like I appreciate Just never really got into And we were watching And they had this groove going And we were Kind of splitting time Between them And I can't remember The other band That we wanted to go see There's like four of us And one of us Like we were They did this bass groove It was a real cool bass groove But you could tell It was leading to something and one of my friends is like, I can't, it was three minutes into it. I'm like, he's like, I can't, I, I need to go. Like, I don't care if I miss whatever's going to happen. And then like two minutes later, I'm like, I can't do it anymore. So I had two friends that stayed and I was like, how was it? Like, how was the payoff? I was Like, Oh, did just stop playing after three more minutes? I'm like, oh, <laughs> oh God damn it. Like I'm glad I left then. Yeah. <laughs> but sometimes it's just the experience. And I think that something like that is lost in a, in a festival outing because, You're, you know, there's so much going on and you want to do so many different things. Whereas I think if I were to watch it in like a theater or like, you know, just uh, just an auditorium or something maybe even sitting down i could appreciate yeah. it more
1: yeah i wasn't the biggest i'm not the biggest lover of uh big festivals but i've i have gone to acl quite a bit and i remember a couple of bands that i saw there i never really uh paid much attention to but i love now like portugal the man i oh, saw yeah. them play live and i didn't really uh know too much about them before i saw them play but now i'm a big fan because i saw their performance i think they opened up for with for whom the bell toll by Metallica. oh really <laughs> yeah <laughs> i was like oh shit this I didn't, I didn't know these guys were that liked this. And like this. And I was like, wow. And then they started playing their, their, their music, and I was like, that's completely different. Yeah. But I love their performance. I don't think they spoke one word. and They had like whatever they were going to say on a screen in the back. They didn't say anything. They just
0: played the whole time. And they, I became a fan ever since. They're super interesting, because I feel like they have kind of a similar trajectory to Tame Impala in that their early stuff's pretty psychedelic. Yeah. And then I got into them when... Colors came out Censored Colors I think is the album name and I remember I was we had a party and I had some friends friends of friends so I just met them that night but they were really cool and we were the only ones old enough to buy alcohol so uh, we were going to on a, on a beer run and one of them was driving and he's playing Colors and I just remember like I felt like I was in a movie that song just like it just spoke to me and I remember asking them like who is this I need to know who this is and the next day I went and like downloaded it from yeah. Uh, I think I actually might have paid for that download.
1: <laughs> yeah, they're a great band, and um, I saw Gorillas. That was one of the best performances I've seen. It was amazing. I yeah. just remember the whole ambiance of ACL it was the sun went down. It was breezy, the lights, and having the Gorillas play, and just being in the in that moment. I remember that it was it was a great it was a great time. One of the one of the best performances I've seen at, in a festival setting.
0: I think those are the best types of bands to see, like the arena type bands. That it, it's almost like. It feels more personal than it would be in an arena, but it's also, it's also like universal enough to where it, it doesn't feel like it, it's too, um, what's the word I'm thinking of is it's not too, uh, toned down. Yeah. You know, they still have the whole, the, the whole spectacle itself, you know? But, uh, like, I saw Nutri-Milk Hotel at a festival, and it just felt weird. Like, that's something you want to see in, like, a living room, yeah. <laughs> you know? I remember uh, seeing Radiohead at uh, ACL, too. Oh, man. And I, I remember them closing out with fake plastic
1: trees, and I was listening to it. I was watching it. I was just like, this is fucking group amazing. And then, um, I just remember, I hear, you know how quiet... That's gonna. It's a quiet. That's just like a sad, quiet song. So the whole thing was quiet. Yeah. But then I heard like two guys in the background like, "This sucks. Let's go see Major Laser." And they, <laughs> <laughs> they just fucking took off. I was like, "What, dude? This is fucking epic." <laughs> I, I just, it says it was oh, the person I was with at the time. We went to go see it, so we would always say that to each other, like, "Let's go see Major Laser." <laughs> i don't never, I don't, I've never, I'm not familiar with that band, but I'm, I think
0: they're like a uh, EDM fucking yeah, DJs. It's a uh, what's his name? Um, oh my god, the big. DJ, I can't remember his name right now. You know what I'm talking about. Um, Major Lazer. It's uh, Diplo. It's Diplo and uh, it's like they integrate like EDM and like reggae. Um, I hear it's a great show. I've never seen them live.
1: Yeah, it was just funny that there was a playing one of their best songs and then they're like fuck this
0: let's go see major laser that's what's funny too i think they're it's always interesting to see like people there's obviously like stuff that you want to see there's stuff that you're like interested in you kind of end up there and it's always interesting when there's like a group of people who are like waiting for the next band i remember i saw bob mold because i was i was a big fan of of, i wouldn't say a big fan of husker do but i liked husker do and and his like solo stuff i was really into at the time and these two guys behind me had no idea who he was or like the significance of like seeing, you know, someone like as, as, as like legendary as him. And it was fun to wh- hear their like perspective change. Like, oh, who the fuck is this old guy, you know, to go like, oh, this is actually kind of cool, yeah. you know, because I felt like that's probably how I felt when I first like started listening to him, too. Yeah, because I remember you
1: mentioned earlier about Steely Dan. I was like, I remember my my dad putting on Reeling really in the Years, like, full blast in the car. Like, I was like, oh, that's actually a pretty cool song.
0: Yeah, that's that's one of those songs I felt like, as a kid listening to it, I I was like, oh, this is that old, like, 70s song, and now I'm like, I can hear all the little intricacies of, of the music.
1: Yeah, they, uh, there was rumors that Jimmy Page played the guitar on that song. Oh, really? Yeah, that, I, that's what I heard. He does the guitar on that song, but, boy, I don't know if that's true or not. <laughs> it sounds like
0: him. Yeah, the tone is very uh, similar. I can see that, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, but yeah, no, you know, fake plastic trees is is interesting. One, it's an interesting closer, but like it does make sense, you know? And I think I had a friend, the friend that got me into Radiohead in high school, she was talking about how watching video of them, it's like the most, you can tell they leave everything out on the stage every time and like they're drenched in sweat and it looked like their soul just left their body and it came back to them when they finish yeah and i felt like i've always appreciated bands who you can tell care no matter how like who they're playing to or how many people they're playing to and i feel like radiohead's one of those bands
1: yeah it's like russell westbrook how he plays yeah every single night
0: <laughs> just going like going 110 <laughs> the whole time and if you're gonna miss 30 shots you're gonna do it your way yeah <laughs> exactly um but yeah i think um you have, you, you're gonna see tame and Paula in november right yeah uh, have you seen them before never never okay have um, you? no i have not uh, I hear they're good live. I hear that they put on a good show, and um, it's just so interesting to see the contrast between the videos I've seen of them on stage and then seeing Kevin Parker in interviews. He's just very reserved. He's just very like I guess that's kind of an Australian thing too. I feel like most Australian celebrities are very like laid back. Yeah, yeah. I
1: think um, yeah. I've seen I've seen him YouTube like YouTube videos or stuff him playing live, and he just seems yeah a very chill guy. I mean just doesn't really do anything over the top just kind of walks around steadily that's what i like too it's pretty cool um it's always best to have best of both worlds i've seen bands that that are driving to the crowd and just be headbanging all the time taking back sunday how adam Lazar was always throwing yeah. the mic and then to see kevin just just chill and just just do his thing is well, that's great i love the diversity every artist brings Cause it, it it uh sets the mood of the concert too. For sure, I saw because I'm going to the Frank Erwin Center, Sam, and I saw uh, Kanye Saint Saint Pablo tour there, and I just remember just the stage like tilting and the whole, the whole audience like it was like a fucking it was insane in there.
0: I bet I that's someone I I want to see too. i mean How do you feel about about current con- like what do you have a cutoff to where like you only listen to certain Kanye or are you like all the way through to his latest discography.
1: Um, I like uh, Jesus is King. Is was okay. Uh, well, for me personally, I know it's a it's a very it's a religion. It's like a gospel album. I loved a couple, a couple songs on there. Um, but yeah, I I, I liked. I'm more of a Jesus. I, I like I like shit like that. I like how he just doesn't care and just yeah. Or uh, Saint Pablo's amazing too. So we'll see how Donda is if if it drops next Friday. <laughs>
0: Yeezus is, I think, kind of was, I don't want to call it a turning point, but that was really the last one I, I paid attention to. I don't think I can name a song after, after his last yeah. what, three or four. But I was really into, um, I really liked 808s, and I really like uh, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. And That was the album that, that, where I was like, okay, yeah, he is a genius. I get it. <laughs> I get yeah, 808, it. Now. I love 808s. 808s is great. I feel like, it's always funny to like see people's lists, especially back then, when my beautiful dark twisted fantasy came out because I felt like that and 808s were always on top for most people, and I feel like 808s is kind of—I don't want to say it's—it's—it's it's, it's underrated, but I feel like for as appreciated as it is, it gets forgotten about sometimes. Yeah. Because I mean, what did you have ten albums out now? Yeah, something like that. So it's just hard to keep up with everything.
1: Yeah, my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. They have some really good guitar playing on that album too.
0: <laughs> yeah. I think, um, and then, I mean, he's like monsters. is always the first thing I think of with that album. And I mean, it's so weird that like Bon Iver is like on that, that album, but it just fits so perfectly. And I, I think he's another type of person who I just, I love that he embraces everything and that he really, you know, every type of music. And, and I feel like he's become, you know, all of his personal stuff aside uh you know he's become the kind of like spokesman for like music in general he's kind of the uh, a gear that, that pushes the music industry and in, in certain ways controversially or non controversially you know and I, I think that that he's just one of those people that it's just so fun even though i haven't listened to really a full album of his since jesus i get excited to see what's next
1: yeah yeah i agree i think it's gonna be a lot of hyper of course he he's one of those guys where he' he'll have i think drake was supposed to drop too so i was like man well, that'd be crazy if they dropped on the same day
0: <laughs> yeah um that drake's another person i feel like just kind of there. there is a little bit of um i it's hard to separate him from wheelchair jimmy it's always been hard and i hate that because it's always affected like how i think about it and also like just him as a person and I just know guys that like thought they were Drake before Drake was Drake, you know. So it, it it really affects me. It affects how I listen to his music, but I can also appreciate when like something's good, it's good, or something I like it, I'm gonna like it.
1: Yep. Yeah, I think um, I I I I'm a fan. I'm a fan of his, and I'm a fan of Ye's. Uh, I love, like I said, to this day, I still listen to a lot of, a lot of hip hop. It has. It's. I think right now, well, actually, it's been the the top genre in in our oh, country yeah. for a long for a long time. I don't remember. New metal and rock, rock was always on top, and now I mean it's been where hip hop is just the the main focal point of of where we are, and it's not a bad thing. It's cool. Um, I I mean sometimes I wish rock was a little bit more relevant. Like if you go, I've never been on Apple Music and went to the rock little thing that they have, but it, I think one one time it's like the Foo Fighters are on their systems on there, like the Stones are on there, so it's hard. I'm it's all legacy bands. Yeah, legacy bands, and
0: we need more bands. Yeah. Well, I, I think it's interesting because uh, especially like relating to Kanye I've I had a friend that we talk about this a lot and talking to certain people their reaction is always kind of telling but we talked about like there aren't any rock stars anymore and maybe Kanye might be like the last rock star at least for now and I think that I mean he kind of checks off all the you know all the boxes for, for last rock star but if you look at like relevant rock bands I think the last one that was like newer was like imagine dragons or like 21 pilots if you consider that rock and i think that a lot of that has to do with you know we talk about how genres are relevant now and i also think that like rock music is better when it's less popular not in like a like gatekeeper kind of way but in a like it feels more dangerous it feels like they can get away with more and it, it feels it feels i feel like with rock music i get more tempted when i hear something and i feel like i'm the only person who knows that even if that's not true Whereas with hip hop, I'm like, just, I want to join everything that like people are listening to. So it's a different type of vibe yeah. altogether.
1: There's this, yeah, for sure. There's still a lot of great little indie ba- um, indie bands out there that I would listen to. Like, I love Snail Mail. Um, I'll still listen to Glass Jaw from time to time. And, um, but yeah, I think. Um, just, 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 you could do a quick search and just, you'll have know, your word of mouth and things, the things are still popping off rock, uh, rock wise. And I think we'll make a comeback.
0: Yeah. For, and I think a lot of it too, is that it's becoming more diverse. I think it's really cool to see that. I, I think that I remember talking about how I, well, like International Women's Month, I want to like, I was thinking about all the like female friended bands I listened to and, so we're in a lot at that point in time. This is like three or four years ago. So I was like, I need to find more bands. And I don't want to say like I forced myself to do this, but in in, in doing and tricking my algorithm or like, I guess, enhancing my algorithm, now I get new stuff and I'm like adding more. I try to make a playlist every year, really just for my sake. And if anything else, if other people listen to it, cool. But there are bands that are coming up. I mean, Phoebe Bridgers kind of came up in the past three or four years and she's, going on to like new places and i feel like she might she people like her in the future i mean snail mail um soccer mommy uh you know lucy decas and um and uh was it the boy genius with yeah. julian baker like all these bands are, are just uh you know the female-fronted music is is becoming female-fronted rock music is becoming a lot more prominent and i think it's it's interesting to see the parallels between now and the 90s, because you think about Riot Girl, and you think about, like, you know, the alternative movement with Garbage and, like, Verruc Assault. Or Tsunami and, Bomb or something. Yeah, 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 exactly. We had Emily on here and um, she was awesome. It was it was awesome to, to talk to her. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think it's just so cool to, to see these, these kind of cycles happening and then, like, learning from the past and seeing what comes out. And I think that if Rock does come back, it's definitely going to be more female-driven.
1: Oh, yeah, that's a good take. I think that would be Fucking awesome! I love. Uh, yeah, I, I actually remember going to Ozfest and seeing. Um, it's not. It wasn't. It might have been Flyleaf. I'm not sure, but it was a, a female front. A front man that she was in a, he- a heavy band. And she was just. It was amazing. I'll never forget it. They can, man. They have them. Some of the best voices that. But if you put a put them in front of the right guitar and the right, um, you know, uh, direction, they can just be the better.
0: Yeah. I think that because I I talk a lot about how Danzig songs, I prefer them when female uh, vocals like uh, cover them, cover his songs, Uh, whether it be Danzig or Misfit or or Samhain or whatever. Um, I just think that his voice translates to female voices so much better. I just love hearing uh, female singers uh, sing his songs. And um, I I think a lot of, uh, you know, the newer bands are, are kind of taking that and they are kind of going with that and. Um, there's a lot of, of female friend of bands who are kind of coming out, and and a lot of a lot more diversity. I think it's just cool to see that in general. Yeah,
1: I wouldn't. If I can find a like a female or a, vo- a musician that I could do a project with, I would love that because I've um, I just don't get out as much as I used to, and get get out and see shows as much as I, I used to. But I'm always on the lookout to, for people to jam with.
0: Yeah, it's awesome. It's just a it's a cool dynamic too because they can do uh what they do but also they it it elevates the music a lot of times too because it it, kind of turns it into something that like it changes the meaning sometimes you know having a a female vocalist there even if it's you know a duet or whatever yeah definitely um so coming back down to uh, tame impala do you have anything uh any final words about tame impala about the song uh, on track
1: um, I, as soon as I heard the song, I knew I loved it when I, especially on the, uh, on the chorus, when there's no, when the drums kick in with that scenario, that's like my favorite part of the song, dude. And I know I always wanted to cover one of his songs. I just didn't know which one. And then when I heard that, um, and then I saw acoustic version that he did, I was like, okay, this can work. Then I can... I can watch the video and see what chords he does, you know. What yeah. I mean? And uh, yeah, man, I really love that song. It always it's a good song to listen to, any time, any time of the day, any mood that you're feeling, you can put it on. And I really like it. It's very hard to do, but
0: I like it. Yeah. No, it's it's an awesome song, and I think it might be my favorite on the album now. Maybe because I listened to it the most in the past week or two. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I'm
1: um, looking forward to seeing them in November, and who knows, maybe one day, we can do some work with them.
0: Yeah, for sure. Never know. Definitely. Uh, do you have anything you want to plug?
1: Um, no, nah, man. I'm just, um, dude. Just, just keep. Pl- I'm just keep playing. I have a couple albums out. Uh, Bo Rodriguez and a uh, Tide Scene, both two albums out. Everywhere you can listen to them. And um, I have I'm working on a new album that's gonna probably be released next year. And it's gonna be a lot heavier. And it's gonna be something that I've never done before. So I'm just gonna. Keep playing, you know, and that's something that I, I always love to do. I, I was really hard on practicing growing up, you know, and I still am like a couple of hours every single day, and I would never miss because I always wanted to make sure I was keeping up with the, the people around me. So, um, I'm just I'm thankful to have the opportunity to play and the God given talent, and I just got to work on it. And that I'm just hopefully to start playing live again. Um, as soon as I do, I'll start posting that. But, um, I haven't played since the the pandemic. So the last March or a year and a half ago, yeah. I played at the Pearl at the Farmers Market, and I would play there like at the on the Sunday Farmers Market like once a month. And I haven't played since. I don't think they're booking musicians still. Oh, wow. So I need I want to get back out there dude because I after playing here, I was like, man, I miss playing live. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot how it felt. It's just uh, and that's something about it and this connecting with people, people walking by and seeing a musician and the local musician at that how much we need to support the local the local musicians we have a lot of great artists in San Antonio and i um i try i, I network and i connect and i just think we have some of the the most talented man and while right up the road is in austin but something about San Antonio that really i really like and especially with the city that helps helps me out with projects and helps me out uh, with recording and backs me and and just i want to do everything i can to to put us on the map even
0: more And um, we're just going to continue to do that. Awesome. Hey, thanks so much for coming on. No problem. That was fun. Yeah, definitely. Um, So coming up next, we have Bo Rodriguez covering On Track by Tame Impala.
2: If I'm counting days. Dream fruition ain't what it's looking like. But strictly speaking, nearly all.